Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Beat on this beautiful Friday morning. We have a fantastic show coming up for you. We're kicking things off in just a so We're joined by American Idol David Hernandez, good friend of Michaela Gordon and of the show, doing something really fantastic. He's taking back his power uh, with a new single and album that he has coming out, as well as a uh, coffee table or nightstand book, perhaps. Listen, that I've is, seen some of those behind honey, the scenes, honey. His body looks incredible. Well, he's been working hard on it. They follow him on Instagram, and uh, I will say this. It's not safe for work. That's a little teaser for you. He's going to be on the show a little bit later on. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. You know, Michaela, before you get to News on the Beat, I know you're heading out of studio pretty quickly after we wrap up today. Uh, any particular reason? Doing anything exciting? I know. Listen, I'm scooting out. I'm so excited. I'm shooting my very first ever album cover for what was supposed to be an EP is now an album at my grandma's house. It may be the last time I get to ever step foot in her house. So we are doing a photo shoot, recreating all the things that she did. And uh, and I'm really excited. And I'm really scared. And I'm really emotional. And I don't know how I'm going to feel, but I feel really grateful for the opportunity. So Vivian's going to be there. You're going to be fine. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to uh, look awesome. Also... Can you explain to me, because I've never fully understood this. I think I kind of know. The difference between an EP and an album is? So an EP usually has about three songs. Got it. And an album can have about seven to 12. Got it. So I literally started with one song. It was going to be a single. Got it. That we went into three songs. And then um, it grew into seven songs. And it is now officially an album. And a documentary so, and videos and all the things. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's something I've never done. And I, you know, it's interesting. We get to talk about this later, not at the top of the show. But I was talking to Lisa yesterday and I said, I'm really scared. And I don't know why I'm so scared. I'm having like severe panic. And I think it's because for the very first time, I'm giving myself like an actual 100% chance yeah. at succeeding at something uh-huh. and I don't have that um, cushion of well I didn't give it 100% so I it didn't go well because I didn't care you're not care. giving yourself an out right yeah I know Scary about that feeling. we self-sabotagers can relate I'm sure a lot of our listeners can too but I think it's going to be fantastic if Beyonce can do it you can do it if Billie Eilish can do it I'm going to see Billie Eilish. I'm leaving after the show, too. I'm getting on a plane, honey, and flying to Seattle to see Billie Eilish. I know, that's right. In a private suite this weekend. Can't wait. It's going to be amazing. I haven't been to a concert in a while, and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in concert next year. 
after this album pops off. Thanks, honey. All right, it's time for news on the beat. What do you have for us? All right, well, in a little notice development, more than 100 LGBTQ community leaders and allied supporters in Arizona sent a joint letter in January to the Human Rights Campaign demanding that it withdraw its political and financial support for U.S. Senator Kirsten Cinema, unless and until Cinema ends her support for the Senate filibuster. The letter points out that by continuing to refuse to join efforts by Senate Democratic leaders to end the filibuster, which requires 60 votes to pass legislation, Cinema is helping Republicans block progressive legislation already approved by the U.S. House of Representatives including the Equality Act, the LGBTQ non-discrimination bill stalled in the Senate. The LGBTQ leaders who drafted the letter in partnership with the Arizona Coalition to end the filibuster told HRC they will call on HRC supporters to stop funding the group unless it backs away from its support for cinema. The toll of cinema's obstruction, which HRC continues to tactically support and thus enable for your constituents, is growing every day. The letter states, adding, with the filibuster blocking popular legislation backed by all or nearly all Democrats to address the urgent issues of reproductive justice, immigrant rights, gun violence, police reform, workers' rights to organizing, raising the minimum wage, and more. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be a high of 83 in Los Angeles, 92 in Vegas today. 97 in Palm Springs, 81 in Houston, 97 in Cathedral City, and 96 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. Here's your vibe of the day. Do it for Vivian. Do it for yourself. Yeah. You you know who said that? Who? Me right now. Yeah, I love it. You get the vibe today. It's perfect. If you're listening out there, you don't know what that means. You don't listen often enough. So do something for somebody that means something to you. And do something for yourself this weekend. I think that's beautiful. The Morning Beat. Channel Q. You're listening to The Morning Beat. It's time for our first round of What's Poppin'. Michaela, what do you have for us? Okay, this is really interesting. And this has sort of been an issue that I've had with Colton Underwood from the beginning. I don't care that he's gay. I don't care that he wants to marry a man much older than him. What I do have a problem with is how we've sort of scratched past the surface that he really harassed Cassie Rudolph. And Cassie Rudolph has stayed quiet for the most part, but she's talking now. Um, Cassie Randolph, the ex-girlfriend of The Bachelor star Colton Underwood, has revealed her anger and frustration at learning he'd come out of the closet. Uh, She said, I found out the same way that everyone else did. I was actually in Mexico on vacation with friends, which was a which was great to be away. But yeah, I found out on uh, through Snapchat on Good Morning America. It was horrible. It was just a shocking kind of thing. Now, this is what she was talking about when talking on a podcast this week with Off the Vine. She said, it's really hard for me to talk about it at all or even know the right thing to say when addressing it. I feel like so much pressure when asked about it. I would love to be able to be open and candid about things, but I'm just not there yet. And I'm sure I will one day like want to speak on it because there's a lot there. Uh she said that he had a lot of bad choices that he made in the relationship and um, she doesn't really care for his uh, his apologies. Like she's still very angry and she's still very hurt. And I, for what it's worth, I think it's a lot already dating on national television. Then you think you find love. Then you're away on vacation and Good Morning America is the one to break it to you that your man is gay. You're, yeah, your former man. I Listen, I have 
so many issues with Colton Underwood and the way that we praise him and give him more and more and more. He's got a show on CBS he's a part of right now, and he just keeps, seems like he keeps winning for coming out, and that's great, right? But his story is nothing that is so outside of the box extraordinary. He's just a cis white guy who struggled to come out. Same. Me too. And every single one of my friends. You know what I mean? So I think I think seeing him constantly get more knowing the way that he handled the Cassie Randolph story, the situation, and the way that she had a restraining order against him, it just seems like why are we continuing to celebrate uh, this, this man? Now, he made mistakes. Sure, got it. Also, though, from another perspective, what was he supposed to do? She has a restraining order on him. He couldn't contact her. How was he supposed to let her know? Maybe not stalk her and harass her. That was earlier, and I understand. And that's and I have a huge problem with that. Also, as a human, I know that he was trying to keep something under wraps, that he was terrified to be revealed to the world, and I relate to him on a human level that way. That doesn't mean you have the right to treat somebody that way ever. I don't know. I think that she's had a lot of class and she's stayed very quiet and she's just waiting for her time to share her side of the story. I think that Colton Underwood's story is not unique. I think that, like you said, he's gotten away winning. And I think that ultimately, I'm going to stand with Cassie Rudolph. No, I get Randolph. Randolph, I got, sorry. I got that. Oh, but... it says Rudolph in the beginning of this. Okay, sorry. Yeah, but Randolph. also, <laughs> but also, yeah, but I guess the, the point, I think this story, though, is about how she found out. And I guess, I guess I'm just kind of at a loss there. Like, how did she, how should she have found out? Like, is there another way? If, if she had a restraining order on him. what's interesting is, him, if she had a restraining order and he was stalking her, clearly she wasn't withholding information for him. Like, she knew he was gay. So he had no reason to stalk her because she didn't know. She only knew after it came out on Good Morning America. He mm-hmm. chose to stalk and harass her, not because she had information. I know, but because in his mind, she was the one closest to him and she was the way to fool the world. I watched this documentary and I I kind of know where his head was a little bit, but she was the one who could help him fool the world, right? And he di- and he says, I did love her. And that I believe, I do believe because I've loved women before. It's just a very different situation. And so I guess maybe his publicist could have reached out to her publicist. But I'm, my, my only point is she had a restraining order on him. He was not allowed to contact her in any way, shape or form. It's completely legal. He'd go to prison. So then how did she expect him to reach out and give her heads up? That's my only question. That's it. I think that he was terrible the way he treated her, the way he stalked her and harassed her, and he should not be celebrated for it. But on this one little specific thing, I don't know how she expected to find out other than the way that she did. Yeah, I just don't agree. I think he. I think it's really messed up, and I think that Colton Underwood sucks. Um, okay, coming up, how fast fashion helped this writer in his queerness. We're quick to put down things like Fashion Nova, but are they the one thing that keeps us able to celebrate who we are? We'll talk about it next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're so excited to have this conversation uh, talking about fast fashion uh, and how it meets at the intersectionality of queerness and all the fun, wonderful things that we are as a community, right? And here to talk about that is a Brooklyn-based writer, Ian Kumamoto. Ian, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Thanks, Ian. Thank you. Good. I'm great. Well, talk to us about fast fashion and, and as a queer person, what your experience has been like uh, in the industry. Yeah, this article is great. Yeah, thank you. So basically, I wrote this article because I have a lot of friends who are very eco-conscious and care a lot about the environment, and I do as well. Um, but I started noticing with a lot of my friends who weren't queer, um, 
to sort of criticize fast fashion with with this ease of of you know um it's it's unethical it you know it pollutes the earth like we should buy less clothes but as a as a queer person i felt like that perspective didn't necessarily match with with i guess <laughs> my lifestyle because for me and and a lot of my friends it's really important um to find community when we go out and when we uh meet in physical spaces and a lot of the culture and and excitement of gathering and meeting is dressing up so when when i do go out i i do i do like to find cute outfits and and dress differently um sometimes outrageously and the only way i could do that um on my budget is is sometimes to shop at places like asos or uh there's this the store in new york that that's pretty cheap um fast fashion called rainbow um so it was basically just uh, an article talking about how um the conversation on fast fashion has to include and be mindful of of different cultural nuances. Ian, I feel this so much growing up my freshman year of high school, I grew up really poor and mm-hmm. I got to create my own fashion and there was a store where I grew up that all the shirts were like $3, the pants were $2 and then I would like mm-hmm. cut them up and make them and I would never want to harm anybody. I know that the uh, the troubles around fast fashion but it gave me the opportunity to also create and really create on a budget and now as I've gotten older I still can't afford Dolce & Gabbana. I still can't afford all these things, but I still want to show my artistic side. And so how do you say it beautifully in this article, but for our listeners who didn't read it, how do you sort of make sense of fast fashion, uh, celebrating your queerness, and also protecting the people on the other side of fast fashion? For me, fast fashion is really just a way to be able to express our creativity and our and our uniqueness um, as queer people. I think often growing up, you know, you're made fun of for being effeminate or for not, I guess, acting, quote unquote, like the gender that, that you're supposed to be. Um, and so a lot of that is sort of a process of hiding, um, at least for me, it was a process of hiding behind baggy clothes. Um, not wanting to stand out. And as we lean into our queerness and we learn that there's so much beauty to standing out and, and to um, feeling different, um, you co- sort of start reflecting that through your clothing. Um, and then you sort of see that it's really like the the beauty of queerness is that we get to recreate and reimagine ourselves constantly. And a way to do that in a very obvious and um, over a way is through the way that we dress. Some people will hear this and say, well, that doesn't mean we should uh, support fast fashion. And, and mm-hmm. it's, in some ways, I'm one of those people, but I also still support fast fashion. So I think what it comes mm-hmm. down to is we all have to make choices in our lives that that make us feel okay, that that, that are that are good for the greater good. Uh, and sometimes mm-hmm. that might mean not shopping fast fashion and making mm-hmm. a choice somewhere else. Maybe you're doing something else that is harmful, but then also... Maybe that does mean fast fashion you're okay with, but again, somewhere else you're making a choice. I used to shop at thrift stores a lot. 
that was my way of sort of like being creative and I would cut things up and I'd pin them back together. And I was a, a little queer baby in 1999 finding my way. And that was sort of our version, but fast fashion didn't exist back then. I will say though, somebody that's glorified fast fashion is Cardi B with Fashion Nova. And I think that that's mm -hmm. iconic because this girl, I, uh, I really like this girl that I follow. She has a lot of money. She ended up marrying into a lot of money. And she said, I'll never mm -hmm. carry a designer bag because I don't want to give young girls the expectation that they have to carry Carrie designer to be fabulous. So when Cardi mm -hmm. kind of became the face of Fashion Nova, which if you do your research, it's not done uh, poorly. It is fast fashion. It sort of all gave us the chance to look like a celebrity without having to spend celebrity prices. Yeah, and, and I totally, I, I also totally get the other perspective of, you know, just because there's other ways to be creative and, and show your creativity through um, your outfits and the way you dress besides fast fashion. And I totally agree. Um, and I also go thrifting a lot, and I also borrow and exchange clothes with my friends. Um, and I think it's just sort of uh, being honest too with the fact that, yeah, sometimes when I those options run out, I do shop on these platforms. And I, I don't think it's it's something that I say with with like pride or is a huge part of my identity to to shop fast fashion. I just think it's a reality that um, basically that the that the larger you know, environmental movement does have to address and, and we do have to constantly push people to address that, you know, the people who do get to to buy these clothes that are sustainable, um, maybe they have more money. And, and so is this really an option? Like, it is the option for all of us to buy these outfits that are like made from recycled plastic and mm -hmm. all of these things that are usually not within the grasp of other communities that are marginalized sometimes the environmental movement you know when they talk about buying sustainable things they they really are sometimes self-indulging and 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 you know they can afford it and yeah it's like a um, privilege it's a way of lifestyle. ian you're yes, incredible yes. i want to tell everybody to read your article it's really fabulous um thank you for joining us and thank you for bringing light to this because i think it's a conversation that not many are having and listen i grew up super poor and i want to be mm -hmm. fashionable so i respect and hear this completely <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Coming up for some, the pandemic completely opened up their world. But as the world is reopening, is it shutting them down? How to get back to normal? We discuss next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. The weekend is here, and as the world continues to open up, we're all sort of faced with these feelings of uncertainty in some instances. Like, how do we reacclimate to this new world, and what is going back to normal look like? It's different for every single one of us, and I think that what used to be normal two years ago will never be again, which is why this story on Huffington Post really spoke to us. Uh, This woman wrote, During the height of the pandemic, I went to a live concert with my husband, it was the first concert I'd been to in over six years. We sat on our couch, a beer in his hand and a bowl of ice cream in mine, as the band's music blasted through our smart TV. I lowered the thumping of the bass with the remote. I looked away when the pulsing lights flashed over the stage. There were no moving crowds to make me feel dizzy. My limited energy supply wasn't drained by a commute to and from the venue. We were alone, but I still felt connected to something more universal, a thread that bound me to others. That is what the pandemic gifted me. Now, I can relate on so many levels. I love live music. You know, um, I loved watching you perform live in Denver this summer at at their gay pride. That was the first time I was really around a crowd, but I had a lot of anxiety too. Um, And after the show today, I'm hopping on a plane because my my partner and I are so lucky. to be. We're getting flown to Seattle for the weekend to go watch Billie Eilish in a private suite. Now, I say that not to brag about the fact that it's a private suite. But because if it were not a private suite, I probably wouldn't get on the plane. I don't want to be in large crowds, jumping around, going to concerts like that anymore. I like to watch it with some level of comfort. And sitting on a couch with a bowl of ice cream sounds like heaven to me. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way right now. Like we, like the, the world changed because of the pandemic. So do we want to do things the way we used to? Yeah. You know what's so crazy? I'm a singer. Uh, and so I'll just speak for myself. I missed the live audience. Sure. I missed the interaction. Mm-hmm. I missed seeing people. I missed walking through the crowds. I enjoyed that. I enjoy it entertaining. I'll say that for a lot of people, the pandemic wasn't like this woman's experience. I lost my grandma in the pandemic. A lot of people got sick or lost loved ones. So it wasn't just a time to learn how to play piano and do things that were new. In some ways, people miss it so much. And I think that's where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. For me, I didn't have the experience like that at all. So I definitely was so happy when the world started opening up. But I bet that's really difficult because for a woman who's never been to a live concert, that was a very exciting thing for her. I think what wins is, I don't think those options are going away anymore. I think we're learning how to let both things Options, that's exactly, that's right. Right? Mm -hmm. Because I can go do a live show, and whoever wants to come, come. I can also stream it Uh so that you can watch from the comfort of your home. And people, I think, really respect that decision still. I think it it, it makes it less, like, odd. Right. right? My older sister is an introvert. My younger sister is also an introvert, and they loved the pandemic. Love working from home. Love like not having to interact face to face with people all the time. My sister's a blast. She just doesn't really like being around large groups of people. Yeah, and I understand that. And because of the pandemic, she actually found herself again. And and I remember, I love that. I remember she and my brother in law Jerry, who listens to us daily, they had a date uh, where they sat on their couch and they got dressed up and they sat there and they watched uh, the like the Cincinnati Symphony or Philharmonic or something like that. Right, they're like we're going to the, we're going to the symphony tonight, 
and they made a nice dinner and they watched it on their big screen TV. So sweet. And had the time of their lives. And that is just as real an experience as actually physically going to. And I don't think we would have thought that two years ago. I also think, uh, now that you bring up introverts, because my partner is also a major introvert, which you wouldn't think because she's a DJ. Sure. But she needs time to recharge. I think it gave us a different respect for introverts. They're not these like people that just want to stay no. in their shell. No. They just need to recharge. At least I feel that way. Like I'm, I'm like, very, oh, I yeah. have so much respect for I'm them now. I'm so much an introvert. I'm an introverted extrovert. I can turn it on when I need to. But my preference is always home on my couch with my fiance and my dog with a home-cooked meal that I just prepared. That's always my preference. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a small-town boy. It's how I grew up. It's what I love. I love my people. You and I went out Saturday night and lived our best lives. Yes. Went bar hopping in West Hollywood. And I can turn it on and have a blast. But then Sunday... And Monday, and probably today, or all week long, this entire week, for like through the week, I still have been like, okay, I don't need to do that again for a while. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, I will say too, for workaholics like myself, it was an amazing opportunity to not feel guilty about slowing that's down. What you learned, yes, and that's what I've taken into the opening of the world. I have like boundaries. I don't want to say yes to everything, and I don't. So I think that uh, I think this woman makes a really, really great point. I think that. People experienced a lot of firsts in the pandemic. You know what I love? One thing that stood out to me? Telehealth. Therapy changed during the pandemic. Oh, my God. I Zoom my therapist, mm -hmm. and I love it. And also, just something as simple as, like, I can just grab my phone wherever I am. I could be on a hike. I could be sitting on my couch. Open my phone five minutes. Cool. Doctor visit done. Move on. Yeah. I think those are the parts that I love. I still love a big crowd. And you know when you get back to stages and you start performing again, I'm going to be out there with you. I love that. But it's nice, like you said, to have the option now. Absolutely. I think it's really great. Never leaving my house again. Uh, got it. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, every now and then, what's popping gets a little bit personal. Uh, and this is one of those moments. Michaela, I'm going to let you do the honors. What's popping? Listen, I love my American Idol fam, especially since I grew up with so many of them, which is why I'm so honored uh, to be joined by one of my favorite American Idols and friend of the show, David Hernandez, as we introduce his new EP, Don't At Me, and his new book, Hashtag Not Safe for Work. David, welcome to the show, my love. Tell me all about Don't At Me. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, uh, Don't At Me is like probably my most personal work to date. Um, I'm so proud of the work, and it's just basically autobiographical, I would say, and um, one of those things where I recorded the album in like seven days and me and my producer Push put it together and we we're just basically kind of clapping back at all those haters throughout the years. And you know how it is, Michaela, like we were kind of bullied being on Idol. So, yeah, well, um, I think what's yeah. amazing is I've gotten to to be a part of your journey firsthand. But it's important to note that when you were on the show during American Idol, Perez Hilton was actually the one that outed you, which uh, revealed that you had been a stripper in the past. Because of that, you got kicked off of American Idol. And during the time of American Idol, it didn't matter about your talent anymore. You just got kicked off. I know that you talk about in vices some of the toxicity that you encountered uh when you first found fame um so this album is really like the most personal thing that you've done what made you want to get so raw and real i think honestly just like producing music in my home studio and like being able to like just be without influences and stuff like just to sit with myself equal like was raw and real to me was sort of inspirational for this album and i think I just wanted to make music that was authentic to me. 
it's so interesting you say that because this pandemic has really uh, given a lot of people an opportunity to sort of look back and to, and to pause and reset. And like gone are the days where you can't get a job because of something like your past. Like you worked at a strip club. Who cares? And and I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to talk about the book in just a moment because I've been seeing you on Instagram. You've been working out. You've been working on that body. And, and it, it, it's, it's working out just fine for you, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I do want to talk about, though, this this new sort of era that we're in and have you had a difficult time sort of wrapping your brain around how artists today are accepted so openly for the things that you were rejected for not that long ago like how do you how do you come to peace with that a major thing for me is that i kind of stopped white knuckling all of the opportunities that I thought were mine. And I also realized that what God has for me is for me or Come whatever on. you believe in, like the universe. I'm over the fact that like, oh my God, I could have done that. Or like the opportunity slipped through my fingers or honestly, if the opportunity slipped through your fingers, it wasn't your opportunity. Uh-huh. Yes, baby. And I think, I think everything that happens for you was meant to happen for you. Well, David, I want to listen to Don't At Me very quickly. It's so iconic the way that you've recorded this. You're actually taking your power back by playing the reporter who tried to drag you in the beginning of this song. Let's take a listen and then we'll discuss the book. Time now for the famous on Fox. Well, it happens every year. A contestant with a less than sparkling background makes it onto American Idol. And this year, it appears to be 24-year-old David Hernandez. According to a manager at a Phoenix strip club, Hernandez allegedly worked as a new dancer catering to mostly male clientele. You see my ex on Instagram, gonna only face, sliding my DMs like, David, what you doing? I've been doing me, body on fleek. What you motherfuckers think Been doing shit on my own No manager to label Opinions from the minions And they don't affect decisions I've been stacking paper Don't care about you haters The more you talk about me The more I elevate I hate it These moves I'm making I don't expect you to understand Uh, first of all, yeah. fire And just to, to open it that way Is so, so, so empowering It must feel so good But also how terrible of, of news outlets. I so, was just thinking, they sound not, like such an idiot. Yeah, and it's not that long ago, and how, how bad we all were at reporting the news. Terrible. Fox News was terrible. I do want to talk about, though, quickly before we go, your book, Not Safe for Work. The way that you've sort of grown with the culture. I think a lot of American Idols stopped growing. They decided to quit music or do whatever they wanted to do. You've just continued to stay relevant and current, even if people want you to drag you. You're now normalizing OnlyFans for yourself, and you've turned it into a book, which I love. Tell us about Not Safe for Work just basically like 20 pages 18 beautiful high resolution like artistically nude photos that noel photo studio shot i don't know i went into it basically just doing a nude photo shoot and then it turned into like well this would be a really great like nightstand book for people because it's just tasteful i've always been like a sexual being and like i think i've suppressed it for the longest time because of the shame that i had on idol but yeah i'm, I'm super proud of the work it's, it's art for me like i'm you know, it's part of who I am. It's an extension of who I am. I'm just going to call this out. I love that you're calling out Fox News and the way they reported you back in the day uh, for working at a strip club. And now you're coming out with the book that you specifically just said to us. It's perfect for your nightstand. I mean, what what could happen there? What what could a book of nudes do on your nightstand? But, David, we're so proud of you. 
Um, I just love anytime somebody steps into their own in this way, it inspires me too. And so if it's inspiring me and it's inspiring Michaela, I know it's inspiring people around the world. So best of luck and congrats. Thank you. I appreciate that. So there. proud of you, Papa. You can get his new P- new EP, Don't At Me, uh, anywhere you can download music. And, of course, you can go to his website. OfficialDavidHernandez.com, yeah. Obviously, I'm making this very formal. I will text you after this, honey, for the kiki. Love you. Don't at him. <laughs> or do. Whatever. I love you guys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat coming up this hour on the show after news on the beat. In about 15 minutes, Michaela is actually going to have a sit-down conversation with HRC Fertility uh, talking about how lesbians can start families. I know this is a journey that you and Lisa have been on with HRC Fertility, uh, and I can't wait for some of our listeners to find out uh, some of the information that you maybe didn't know going into this process that could help them start families. Absolutely. Really, really cool stuff. Right now, though, it is time for you to – you're not a mom just yet – you're a mother. Not yet. Just you're a to mother. rock a boy. Yeah, just a mother of news right now. It's time for news on the beat. All right. Well, Orlando Pride has apologized after a supporters group was told it could not display a banner that said gay at a match this weekend. The Black Swans banner was in reference to Florida's recent legislation dubbed by critics as the Don't Say Gay Bill. The supporters group went to Twitter claiming the sign was deemed political and removed. These conversations resulted in one ultimate and important conclusion. A mistake was made when the club asked the Black Swans wants to remove the banner that said gay. The Pride's statement said it wrongly focused on policies and procedures surrounding signs and banners rather than the meaning of the message. The team was playing the opening match of the NWSL's preseason Challenge Cup against the Washington Spirit on Saturday. The Pride has long championed LGBTQ rights and there are 49 rainbow-colored seats at their home stadium to honor those killed in the Pulse nightclub shooting in 2000. 16. All right, well, in a little notice development, more than 100 LGBTQ community leaders and allied supporters in Arizona sent a joint letter in January to the Human Rights Campaign demanding that it withdraw its political and financial support for U.S. Senator Kirsten Sinema unless and until Sinema ends her support for the Senate filibuster. The letter points out that by continuing to refuse to join efforts by Senate Democratic leaders to end the filibuster, which requires 60 votes to pass legislation, Sinema is helping Republicans block progressive legislation already approved by the U.S. House of Representatives, including the Equality Act, the LGBTQ non-discrimination bill stalled in the Senate. The LGBTQ leaders who drafted the letter in partnership with the Arizona Coalition to end the filibuster told HRC they will call on HRC supporters to stop funding the group unless it backs away from its support for cinema. The toll of cinema's obstruction, which HRC continues to tactically support and thus enable for your constituents, is growing every day. The letter states, adding, with the filibuster blocking popular legislation backed by all or nearly all Democrats to address the urgent issues of reproductive justice, immigrant rights, gun violence, police reform, workers' rights to organizing, raising the minimum wage, and more. Okay, now let's go into a little bit of weather. It's going to be today a high of 97 in La Quinta, 98 in Cathedral City, so hot, a high of 77 in Miami. Uh, 97 in Palm Springs, 91 in Vegas, 83 in Los Angeles, and 63 in New York. 
Now, if you don't mind, give us a vibe of the day. I've got a couple. My first one is just a personal one, friend to friend to you. As you go to Las Vegas right after the show today to shoot the album cover for your album in your grandmother Vivian Cavaricci's former home, uh, do it for Vivian, but also do it for you. Uh, yeah, super proud of so you. Sweet, thank you. Uh, speaking of Las Vegas, your hometown, though, uh, a lucky listener could win a trip to Las Vegas to see the Chainsmokers. I love these guys. They're so so talented. Channel Q wants you to party with them in Las Vegas. So. Here's how you do it. You can win a round-trip airfare for two, a two-night stay, and tickets to see the Chainsmokers at XS or Encore. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com for your chance to enter and win. Good luck. Absolutely. Okay, well, coming up, I got to have a really great conversation with one of the doctors at HRC Fertility. When it comes to lesbian parents looking towards starting a family of their own, so many questions, including the number one question, how much does it really cost? We'll have that conversation in seven minutes. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Okay, so if you've been following me, you know that I've been working with HRC Fertility for about a year now uh, as my partner and I... Uh, try to expand our family. I'm Italian. I've always wanted to be a mom. And I have to say that I've learned so much, including that choosing a sperm donor from a sperm bank ended up being the longest task for me. Having the opportunity to choose between millions of people, the sperm of your child, turned out to be a little uh, intense. So I'm so excited that Dr. Joey Gunner is joining us, board certified in gynecology and reproductive endocrinologist. Uh, she joined HRC Fertility last year, and I'm so happy to have you on the show. Hi, Dr. Joey. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. So I want to get right into lesbian couples and how they go about starting their families. What are the different ways that uh, women can go about starting their families if, if they have no idea? Thank you so, so much for allowing me to talk about this topic. I just find this so fulfilling to help, um, you know, patients with this. So 
There are several options. One of the options that my patients choose is something called reciprocal IVF. So partner A chooses to have her eggs retrieved during an IVF cycle, have the eggs fertilized with donor sperm, and then transferred into partner B to carry the pregnancy. And then the partner B does the same thing. She has her eggs retrieved in an IVF cycle, fertilized with the donor sperm, and then transferred into partner A to carry the pregnancy. So that's called reciprocal IVF. And that's that's the most costly and, and invasive process. And then there are other options. For instance, I have patients who um, choose to have partner A undergo IVF, retrieve her eggs, fertilize them with donor sperm, transfer them into partner B for the first pregnancy. And then partner B wants to use her own eggs for the subsequent pregnancy. So she doesn't have to undergo IVF. With that, we can do intrauterine inseminations or IUIs with donor sperm. So that's a lot less invasive and a lot less costly. And then you um, have couples that just want to do donor IUIs. So those are some of the options that are available. I will say just in my own experience, my partner Lisa and I went into this with a solid plan. I knew that we were going to use both of our eggs. I was going to carry and it was going to be called. And unfortunately, and what I think that we weren't prepared for, that I would love for our listeners and anybody going to HRC Fertility to know is that um, like it sometimes just doesn't work out. Uh, how you thought. And so I'm so grateful for all of these options that you have at HRC Fertility because unfortunately our first plan just didn't work based off of our bodies and what our eggs wanted to do. Yeah, so you bring up some great points. Um, I do have patients who walk through the door who, you know, no one thinks that they're going to potentially have an infertility issue and then they walk through the door and then they realize there are some hurdles they have to overcome. So I am actually an assistant professor at USC um, in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology and I'm a part of the USC group at HRC. We recently joined um, at the end of last year, the HRC Fertility Family. Um, and we we actually do research into these types of issues that can lead to obstacles for patients and hopefully provide care based on our research that can improve outcomes. Um, In terms of costs, I I don't like to give hard and fast numbers because for each patient, it's different based on their insurance coverage, their situation. HRC Fertility has really great prices. Having worked at different places, their prices are really great and I think um, a lot more affordable compared to some other pricing that I've seen at other centers. And they do offer packages that do give patients discounts. But just to give patients an idea um, about numbers, uh, it can cost anywhere from thirteen dollars to $16,000 for an IVF cycle, depending on what you do, uh, what treatments you need. And then medication can cost, on top of that, anywhere from two dollars to $5,000. Donor sperm typically is around $1,000. And an intrauterine insemination is typically around $2,000. A website that I love to refer patients to, which is which was actually started by patients, is called fertilityiq.com. It was started by a couple undergoing IVF, and it's a great resource. It gives patients idea ideas about costs around the country in different cities. Um, it also gives them information on different fertility providers as well. Now, if you're just joining us, we are talking with uh, Dr. Joey Gunner, uh over at HRC Fertility um, when it comes to starting a family for yourself. Now, you did mention sperm. How do you choose who donates? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, I don't, I would love to hear your experience. Girl, I don't it. know. I don't know. We're a year <laughs> in. I'm going to be completely transparent. It's I, I have sat at many tables with my partner over the computer. We tried so many sperm banks and I was, I'm, I'm just incredibly overwhelmed because I feel like the, the responsibility of like, it could be anybody and now also knowing that my partner doesn't have viable eggs it essentially is um, my eggs and then the sperm so I kind of want them to look like my partner it's really been a journey and I'm so thankful that I've had HRC fertility uh, on my journey to help guide me because I, I feel like I would be completely in the clouds it is hard it is hard and it's sometimes kind of like looking at a dating profile I mean that's you know and I feel overwhelmed because sometimes I will get the information from patients and, you know, asking, is this a good candidate? So I agree um, that it is overwhelming. There's a lot of options. One thing that can help narrow it down is doing carrier screening. So it's something that I recommend for all patients' preconception. It's a blood test where we look at hundreds of conditions that the patient could be a carrier of. So if they're positive for something, then uh, picking a donor that's not a positive for the same condition um, is important because if you're both carriers of the same autosomal recessive condition, then there's a 25% risk that the child could inherit the disease itself. So that sometimes can help narrow things down. And then from there, really, it's what speaks to you. Like you said, what was important to you was someone who looked like your partner. So the, the qualities or characteristics that are important for you, patients or the candidates for donor sperm will list on there their educational background, their uh, relationship with their families, you know, the activities that they like to do, their, their, their type of job or work that they do. So that stuff may be helpful for people, people as well. Dr. Joey, you're so amazing. I hope I get to meet you in person. I love HRC Fertility, and I feel like you've answered so many incredible questions that I still have. If you have more questions, learn more about HRC Fertility's Pregnancy Pledge by visiting havingbabies.com. That's havingbabies.com. Again, I've worked with HRC Fertility firsthand this past year. It's been an amazing experience, and I really look forward to meeting with you, uh, Dr. Joey. Thank you so much. Thank you. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. This is something interesting that's come up uh, over the last week. Uh, Grinder was trending on Twitter uh, earlier this week because people are discussing the subject of screenshots. Um, so to support privacy, Grinder and other apps allow people to send photos that disappear after a few seconds. On some apps nowadays, it is not possible to take screenshots of those photos. Uh, one Twitter user wondered whether it would be better if Grinder and Scruff fully disabled the ability for users to take screenshots. Uh, they said, "Quote: Hot take. Maybe Grinder, but maybe, but Grinder and Scruff should disable screenshots in the app everywhere. We need to dismantle the Grinder screenshot Twitter industrial complex." What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think that I understand why they don't want to keep the screenshots because when you send intimate photos, you don't want people to put it in their files and have them. However, I think that taking the screenshot uh, away. Um, it's problematic because it's a great way to call people out. I know, I don't use Grindr, but I know that there's a lot of homophobia, transphobia, uh, racism that happens on Grindr. And when people attack other people, you can screenshot it, show their name and hold them accountable. And I think that by taking away the screenshot, uh, it makes it more difficult to keep people accountable, to report them. Because listen, just don't send a picture of your D. That part. Okay, that's that's the thing. That I'm right with you. 
Yeah, screenshot. If you're going to send somebody a photo, you sure as heck better be ready for them I mean, everybody to have knows that, that photo. Do you know what I mean? That's why I don't send those photos. I mean, I'm in a relationship for 10 years, but even before, I don't send that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't want that out there. Yeah. And there's got to be some accountability on people's parts. Like, if you're sending a, a, a picture of your rock-hard genitalia, you better expect that person to save it and probably share it with their friends. Yeah. I mean, I think that you just have to be smart because, unfortunately, those screenshots can save people's lives. I mean, people can uh, go fishing on Grindr and um, they can meet up and they could be really terrible and, and they could be violent. And I think that it's not everybody's that. on there for the same reason. Yeah. Not everybody's and we know on there that for casual hookups. Because of our trans women who get killed every day. That part. Murdered. And then they try then they try to back up their claims in court or the the, the police officer or whoever and how do you do it if you can't if you can't screenshot? Totally. If you're being abused on social media, you should be able to screenshot that. Because here's how I look at it. If somebody sends you content to your private profile, that is now your content. Yeah. You should also have ownership over that content to be able to defend yourself and protect yourself if need be. Why on earth would it erase? Yeah, I agree. If you're not comfortable with it out there, don't put it out there. Yeah, I think it's totally uh, a way to not hold people accountable. So I don't agree. I think they should keep the screenshot going. And also, don't a lot of apps, once you screenshot, it lets that person know they screenshotted your your photo. Some apps do that as well. And I'm okay with that too. At least least that way there's full transparency across the board. Yeah. Both people know what's going on. One person took the screenshot and the person who sent the photo know that their photo now is saved somewhere. Absolutely. Well, I guess we've made a point here. Have we? And now I'm done. Goodbye. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. All right, you're listening to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What's Poppin'. Michaela, take it away. Well, I love uh, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade. I think that the way that they've supported Zaya is so incredible. But in yet another interview, they're coming out and saying loving out loud is their mission. And it's very important for them to support their trans daughter. Um, in an exclusive interview, the Cheaper by the Dozen Star opened up to BuzzFeed about why she and Dwayne Wade love all of their kids out loud and shared advice for parents who may be struggling to accept their LGBTQ children. Uh, they said that it's important for us to live and love out loud. We didn't exactly understand why uh, supporting Zaya was a thing because it's like we love all of our kids out loud. Uh, and they were very criticized at the time. Um, it wasn't a very normal thing, but she said... But it is a thing, and a lot of people do need an example, so we have chosen to be that example and bring that representation. As our children show up, it is our job to believe them when they tell us who they are and not impose our dreams, hopes, fears, and desires on them. It's our job to be loving, compassionate, protective guides for our children, but their lives are their lives, and we have to respect that. We do not believe in any kind of shaming for existing that is bizarre, cruel, and harmful. I mean, listen, I cannot tell you... Uh, I'll just say for my, for me, when I was on American Idol, my dad, who like never made it as a musician, my mom, who like never felt important, needed to have all of this fame. It became like their story. It became about them. And they imposed all of their beliefs really on me. And it took away so much from my own experience uh, among other very childhood memories that I had. And so for her to really address that, they're incredible parents. I just think the way that they're parenting, navigating relationships is beautiful. I just think that any parent of a queer child or a child in our community who is willing to learn, more importantly, unlearn what they already know and then learn a new way is so beautiful to me. Because isn't that what parenting is about? A lot of times I think parents just think, well, it's my job to teach my children. Well, guess what? 
maybe, just maybe, your kids are going to teach you a thing or two. And the parents that can do that are the ones who succeed. They're the ones that actually know what it means to parent. And I think it's so beautiful. I do too. I love it. Congratulations to your beautiful family. Keep loving out loud. Living out loud. It's incredible. Good Morning Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's almost time for the weekend, but we still have a fantastic hour coming up for you first. Uh, here in about 15 minutes, the first Pride of the season here in California is kicking off today in Cathedral City. And we actually have somebody calling in to tell you about all the fun activities going on in the Coachella Valley this weekend that you can still take part in. There's literally something for everyone. If you want to rage and dance your face off, go for it. If you want to bring the family out, there's that going on as well. Uh, but first, it's time for some news on the beat. All right. Well, an Indiana family celebrated after Republican Governor Eric Holcomb vetoed a bill Monday that would have banned their transgender daughter from playing sports. There were happy tears shed. Nathaniel Clausen, the father of a nine-year-old trans girl uh, named Kieran of Indianapolis. Now, Indiana legislators have enough votes to override Holcomb's veto and enact the bill which would bar Kieran from playing on girls' sports teams at school. If that happens, Indiana would become the 12th state to ban trans student athletes from playing on the school's sports teams that align with their gender identities as opposed to their assigned sexes at birth. The issue is part of what advocates have described as a culture war debate ignited by conservatives in recent years to drive voters to the polls. 30 states have considered bills similar to Indiana's this year, according to the American Civil Liberties Union, which tracks the bills. Now, another news, the National Institutes of Health announced that clinical trials had begun in not one, but three potential new vaccines for HIV. 108 HIV negative human volunteers will take part in the studies which are being conducted in Seattle by the HIV vaccine trials network. As of Monday, 12 candidates were already enrolled. Pharmaceutical conglomerate Moderna developed the vaccines which are based on the same mRNA technology as the company's COVID-19 vaccines and another HIV vaccine that began human trials earlier this year. But while the previous vaccine attempts to stop the virus from inhibiting the production of disease-fighting B-cells. The NIH-sponsored vaccines take a different approach. In these trials, scientists will be evaluating whether the vaccines can safely induce production of the HIV spike protein, which is what allows the virus to penetrate healthy cells and replicate. Okay, now let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be super hot. 82 in LA today, 91 in Vegas, 97 in Palm Springs, a high of 69 in Houston, 97 in Cathedral City, and 98 in La Quinta. Oof, it's going to be hot, hot, and I love it. Okay, now give us a vibe of the day, please. You know my vibe. You're getting ready to head out of here in just a few minutes to head back to your hometown of Vegas to shoot your cover for your upcoming album in honor of your late grandmother Vivian Cabarici so my vibe to you is do it for Vivian but also do it for yourself yeah thanks honey wait to see and listen to your entire album this summer when it comes out Uh, but in the meantime here's another vibe for you speaking of Las Vegas you and a friend could win a trip to Las Vegas to see the Chainsmokers in concert that's right Channel Q wants you to party with the Chainsmokers in Las Vegas, baby. Uh, We're going to give you a round-trip airfare for two, a two-night hotel stay, and tickets to see them in concert at XS or Encore, both incredible venues. Uh, Head over to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to win. If you're not a fan, you will be. They're so talented.
And speaking of talent, there's so much talent in Cathedral City this weekend as we celebrate Cathedral City LGBT Days. We're talking to communications and events manager as Channel Q will be stomping in with Abby's Go-Go Dancers, also performances from LFO, O-Town, all the things you need to know happening this weekend coming up next. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Pride season is a it's it's here, y'all. Yes, it might it not is. be June yet, but that doesn't mean we're not ready to celebrate. And kicking off the first Pride event in California is Cathedral City LGBT Days. Joining us right now is Chris Parman, Communications and Events Manager for the City of Cathedral, uh, Cathedral City. Thank you so much for being here, Chris. How are you? Thanks, Chris. Great. Thank you for the invitation. I'm glad to be here. Well, things kick off today and go on all weekend long. And let me just say, your lineup, some of these names I'm you unwell. have. I'm unwell. I mean, Lance Bass, uh, The Old Gaze, Mayhem Miller is going to be doing some hosting. I absolutely love her. Also, we've got O-Town, Ryan Cabrera, LFO, LFO, and DJ Alex D from right here at Channel Q. How on earth did you put together a lineup like this coming out of a pandemic? Well, we have a fantastic production company, Sound Skills, that we partner with to put all this together. And of course, you know, partnering with Channel Q makes it all possible as well. So we're very, very thrilled to have you guys as part of our uh, layup. This is so exciting, Chris. Now, for people that um, maybe aren't familiar or they haven't been yet, walk us through what a weekend looks like for Cathedral City LGBT Days. Well, for your, a lot of your listeners, you know, Cathedral City is a neighboring city of Palm Springs. So we, we you know, you go from one to the other, you don't even realize uh, you're in Cathedral City. But we have an amazing lineup. It starts off Friday night, uh, kickoff at City Hall, uh, which is in our downtown section. And we have uh, the, we're raising the rainbow flag. Cathedral City was the first city to ever raise a rainbow flag in the Coachella Valley. We have um, a lighting our our city hall in rainbow colors as well. We have a um, a party, a, kind of like a pre cocktail party going on um, in our town square park, with you know bars, food trucks, DJ music going on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Then after eight o'clock, that's from five to eight. After eight o'clock, uh, you can go to one of our six. Um, uh, LGBT bars here in Cathedral City, or you can go to uh, CV Rep, which is a playhouse right next to our city hall, and you can go see Del Shore's uh, new Del show. Shores. Which, yes, the creator of Sorted Lives. Yes. He's going to do his brand new show, which I cannot say on, on air. It starts with an S, and then it's a stir. Okay, okay. Uh, well, I will say this. Uh, if, if you're trying to put two and two together, I was a huge fan of Shit's Creek. I think it was really funny. Um, so maybe you can just add, add it all up and figure out what he's talking about. Um, Correct. But, uh, it's, it's a funny story. So the, the point is, though, there's something for everyone. There's something for families. If, if you're not just into, like, the club scene of it all and the laser light shows and the DJs, that's fine, too, because you've got comedy shows for people. You've got a brunch going on on Sunday, uh, a champagne pain brunch also i'm kind of looking forward to this one bed races is this what, what i think is it is this? because i was in a bed race okay, in a so festival in my hometown years ago is it what i think it is it is um instead of doing the traditional pride parade where you know people are in cars or on on you know massive trailer floats and all that 
What we do is we do a bed race parade. And what that is, is we give everybody a platform uh, that's made by the city and then they decorate it to however they want or they can make their own. And some of them will just kind of parade and sashay up and down the Avenida Lalo Guerrero, which is the parade route. Or we have a very, very competitive groups that race for the fastest time. And um, that includes the Cathedral City firefighters, the Cathedral City police officers, um, the Cathedral City administration. Those three groups are heavily competitive in this. Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Okay, I knew um, they were. All kinds of different organizations. I knew they were going to be in there. I'm going to tell you this, Chris. So uh, back in the day, 2011, we had bed races in my hometown, Salina, Ohio, for the uh, Lake Festival. My two sisters and I and our neighbor, Sean, we won out of about 15 teams. We won the whole thing. We're very competitive. I love to see it. I love to see that. Yeah. I, I'm going to take a, a, a next year when I prepare properly. You and I are going to grab a bed. You'll lay in the bed. I'm going to lay in the bed because I'm pretty tired. But you just shove me down. Listen, this sounds so much fun, Chris. You can go to www.cathedralcityLGBTdays.com for more information. This is all happening uh, at the Cathedral City Community Amphitheater. It's going to be so much fun. Like you said, there's going to be Nick Mask, who I adore, Del Shores, Lance Bass, LFO, the old gays. And one thing I want to point out, which is interesting, some of these band members from the Pop 2K tour are not straight. I mean, are not gay. So I'm loving that you were able to find diversity and our really great allies as well to come support. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of the old gays, you know, these these four Cathedral City residents have 3.2 million followers and over 320 million video views. No. So our city council is going to honor them, and we're recognizing March 26th as Old Gays Day oh, in Cathedral City. No, we were just at an event. Yeah. Michaela met them a few weeks ago, and my fiance. I didn't get a chance to talk to them, but we were at the Queer Tees, the award show here in uh, Los Angeles a few weeks ago, and they were all there. They were honored. They won an award, and the, the sweetest guys so ever. Sweet. Uh, yeah, so much absolutely. fun. So much fun. Thank you so much. Also, shout out to all of our listeners in the Coachella, Coachella Valley listening to Channel Q on 103.1 FM. Go out and support Cathedral City LGBT Days this weekend. Thank you, Chris. All right. Thank you. Talk soon. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Tell me something good. How about I highlight a, a queer woman of note as we continue honoring women throughout uh, National Women's History Month? How about Fumi Suguri? Okay. Uh, you might not know that name, but I do. She was a Japanese figure skater and was the first out female figure skater to have competed in world-class competition. Amongst her many accomplishments on the ice, Suguri is a three-time world medalist, a three-time four-continents champion, a two-time Olympic athlete, and... Japan's first ISU Grand Prix final champion. In November 2014, after she retired from competitive skating, uh, she came out as bisexual. In a sport where women are pressured to live up to strict standards of femininity, Suguri paved the way for more women to be true to who they are. You know, I'm a big figure skating fan. Uh, she was fantastic. And just to think that, that 2014 is when she came out. Not that long ago. Yeah. She was the first openly out athlete uh, to compete at that level as a figure skater in the women's uh, division. Pretty incredible stuff. Incredible. Okay, I actually low-key, don't know if you know this about me, I love rodeos. 
I went one time and I had the best time. I low-key kind of love country music. Uh, but I would never go because I feel like we are not really as a community accepted there. However, with so many LGBTQ spaces out there, there is a gay rodeo that's providing a safe space for LGBTQ cowhands to compete in events like bull riding, barrel racing, and calf roping as their true selves. It's a space participants describe as free from discrimination and filled with camaraderie. Not enough people know about the gay rodeo, though it's actually been around for decades. A recent episode of the PBS documentary series Subcultured chronicles its history, explaining that it began in the 1970s as a refuge for LGBTQ rodeo lovers and as a long-established legacy of acceptance and charity. And they said, listen, we let everybody uh, come and be involved. Unlike other rodeos, we really support each other. We don't compete against each other. We want everybody to win. He even, uh, the owner of this, his name is Frank, he said um, that sometimes straight cowboys will show up thinking they're going to win and then um, they realize that they're using the same animals and they lose and it's a great check and I love it. I think this is so fun. I love subcultured. What a cool concept also for a show. Um, No, I love a good gay rodeo. Never been to one in my entire life. Never planned to go to a rodeo but I would go to a gay rodeo. Yeah, it seems fun. I feel like I had a couple in my 20s. But those were just like wild Friday nights in Columbus, Ohio. That was different, I think. Yeah, yeah. But well, similar. I think this is great. <laughs> uh, well, as always, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, we hope that you have an amazing rest of your weekend. I'm headed off to Vegas to shoot at my grandma's house. AJ, you're headed to see Billie Eilish. In Seattle. Uh, Can't wait. So we will have a a great show for you Monday with lots of stories. But for now, we have three hours of great music for you. Then stick around for Let's Go There coming up. Tell me something good. How about I highlight a, a queer woman of note as we continue honoring women throughout uh, National Women's History Month? How about Fumi Suguri? Okay. Uh, you might not know that name, but I do. She was a Japanese figure skater and was the first out female figure skater to have competed in world-class competition. Amongst her many accomplishments on the ice, Suguri is a three-time world medalist, a three-time four-continents champion, a two-time Olympic athlete, and Japan's first ISU Grand Prix final champion. In November 2014, after she retired from competitive skating, uh, she came out as bisexual. In a sport where women are pressured to live up to strict standards of femininity, Suguri paved the way for more women to be true to who they are. You know, I'm a big figure skating fan. Uh, She was fantastic. And just to think that that 2014 is when she came out. Not that long ago. Yeah. She was the first openly out athlete uh, to compete at that level as a figure skater in the women's uh, division. Pretty incredible stuff. Incredible. Okay, I actually low-key, don't know if you know this about me, I love rodeos. I went one time and I had the best time. I low-key kind of love country music. Uh, But I would never go because I feel like we are not really as a community accepted there. However, with so many LGBTQ spaces out there, There is a gay rodeo that's providing a safe space for LGBTQ cowhands to compete in events like bull riding, barrel racing, and calf roping as their true selves. 
It's a space participants describe as free from discrimination and filled with camaraderie. Not enough people know about the gay rodeo, though it's actually been around for decades. A recent episode of the PBS documentary series Subcultured chronicles its history, explaining that it began in the 1970s as a refuge for LGBTQ rodeo lovers and as a long-established legacy of acceptance and charity. And they said, listen, we let everybody uh, come and be involved. Unlike other rodeos, we really support each other. We don't compete against each other. We want everybody to win. He even, uh, the owner of this, his name is Frank, he said um, that sometimes straight cowboys will show up thinking they're going to win and then um, they realize that they're using the same animals and they lose. And yeah. it's a great check. And I love it. I think this is so fun. I love Subcultured. What a cool concept also for a show. Um, No, I love a good gay rodeo. I've never been to one in my entire life. Never planned to go to a rodeo, but I would go to a gay rodeo. Yeah, I feel it like seems I, fun. I feel like I had a couple in my 20s. But those are just like wild Friday nights at Columbus, Ohio. That was different, I think. Yeah, yeah. But well, similar. I think this is great. <laughs> uh, well, as always, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, we hope that you have an amazing rest of your weekend. I'm headed off to Vegas to shoot at my grandma's house. AJ, you're headed to see Billie Eilish. In Seattle. Uh, Can't wait. So we will have a uh, great show for you Monday with lots of stories. But for now, we have three hours of great music for you. Then stick around for Let's Go There coming up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.